Hey there and welcome to Soul Church. Our prayer is that this message encourages you wherever you may be in life. You know, we've been hearing so many stories about what God is doing in people's lives and we'd love to hear yours. So take a second and send your story to stories at soulchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us today and we hope that you enjoy the message. God bless. Welcome to Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday. 22 years in full-time ministry, and I have never preached on Palm Sunday, okay? And uh, I said this to my wife, and she said, well, you better preach it this Sunday, okay? So if you do not like the message today, drop her a line, all right? This was her idea, all right? This was Chantel's idea. And Palm Sunday is a Christian feast that falls on the Sunday before Easter, And the feast uh, commemorates Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem, an event which is marked in all four Gospels. There's not many stories that are marked in all four Gospels, but Palm Sunday is. And it is the first day of what is going to be a holy week for Christians, for billions of believers all over the planet. And today today is... um, It's Palm Sunday. On Tuesday, I'm actually going to be speaking at chapel, talking about what happened on Tuesday in the Holy Week. God gave me a word for Tuesday. What happened is that the scriptures are clear what happened on the Tuesday. And on Friday is uh, Good Friday. It was a good Friday for us. Certainly wasn't a good Friday for Jesus. And uh, we're going to be remembering his death. And on Sunday, it is Resurrection Sunday. And uh, if you're not in church next week, your television will blow up. That's an absolute truth, all right? <laughs> it's just a joke, okay? Don't go email, email Alan. He loves emails, all right? So send Alan an email if that offended you. Um, so Resurrection Sunday. And I want to encourage everybody, okay, online. If you can't get here, be online. But if you can be here, bring someone with you. Okay, and remember, we've got four services next weekend, 8.30, 10.30, 12.30, and 5, which is baptism service, and so if you haven't been baptized yet, it's still not too late. I think we've got over 30 people going to be baptized next Sunday evening, 5 o'clock, so it's going to be exciting for Resurrection Sunday. So we're going to go on a bit of a journey together, Palm Sunday, Holy Week Tuesday, and then we have uh, Resurrection Sunday, and of course, Good Friday as well. So we're going on a bit of a journey. We've got four services this week, and encourage you all to come out if you can on any of those services. All right, so we are going to go to the Gospel of John. So we're going to get back on our feet for the final time. It's like burpees in church, isn't it? Who needs a gym membership when you come to Soul Church? Good exercise, that's right. I bet you're not standing up at home. I can see you. Stand up. John chapter 12, verse 12. You ready? The next day, the great crowd that had come to the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it as it is written. Do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. At first, first his disciples did not understand this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and these things had to be done to him. 17, now the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard he had performed this sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, See, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. Father, I pray that you'd bless your word today. I pray it would bring change in our hearts, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Amen. All right, you guys can grab your seats. When Jesus came into the city that day, there were three groups present to meet him. Three groups. Number one was the crowd. The crowd. The second group was the Pharisees or the religious people. And the third group was the disciples, the followers of Christ, the 12 who got up close and personal with Jesus. And as Jesus started making his grandstand entrance through Jerusalem on a donkey, the crowd started to chant, Hosanna, Hosanna. And they started waving palm branches. Hosanna is a Hebrew word which means, please, Lord, save us now. Please, Lord, save us now. And the palm, please don't tell Tavern Garden Center. <laughs> they will always grow back, all right? The palm, the palm branches, symbol victory. It's a symbol of victory. We're going to have some fun in a minute. So as they began to shout, Hosanna, they were saying, save us now. Give us victory. Save us now. Give us victory. And waving palm branches wasn't a new thing. It was a, a Jewish tradition. They would, uh, they would wave their palm branches as a custom. Maybe if a national hero or a king or someone special came to town, they would get their branches out and wave in victory. But each group that day that met Jesus at the gate, they represented three different perspectives. I want to share these three different perspectives with you. Then I want to show you how they relate to our everyday life. The first group of people was the crowd. The crowd's perspective, if you're taking notes, is this. What's in it for me? What is in this for me? The Jews were actually not looking for somebody to save them from their sin. They were looking for somebody to save them from Roman rule. They'd lived under Roman occupation for over 60 years. Thankfully, in, our, in my lifetime, and probably your lifetime, you have never lived under a foreign occupation. But can you imagine being ruled by another, another, another land? And the crowd had heard about Jesus. Could he be the Messiah? The one who would deliver them from Roman occupation? They'd seen him do some incredible miracles. In fact, they talked about it in verse 17. It says, now the crowd was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead. So just hours earlier, the crowd has seen Jesus raise a dead person. How cool is that, by the way? Well, that would make a box set. And they're thinking, surely, if he's just raised a dead man from the grave, surely he can deliver us from the Roman tyranny. And so the crowd wanted something, so they shouted, Hosanna! Hosanna! Come save us! Victory is coming! As they waved their branches. It says they took palm branches and went out to meet him. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Now write this down, this is critical to the message. They worshipped Jesus based on their needs and desires. Yeah. 
Jesus was riding in to overcome Rome, so all their waving and shouting and screaming was all based on what he can do for me. Just as a few hours and days passed, they soon realized that what they thought was going to transpire wasn't. They realized that actually Jesus was not going to overcome Roman occupation in that time. And it says in John chapter 19, just seven chapters later, three or four days later, it says this. It says, but they shouted. Interesting, it says they shouted Hosanna. Now, four days later, it says, but they shouted. Go back a sec. Go back. Quick, quick, quick. Shouting. So they're shouting on the, on the Sunday, Hosanna. And look what they're shouting on the Friday. But they shouted, take him away, take him away, crucify him. Oh my goodness. You ever been around people that say one thing to your face and say another thing behind your back? Human nature. When we don't get what we want, it always leads to deception. That's human nature. The crowd did not get what they want, so they, they were deceived. Oh, this, is, this is where they realize that often we get so focused on what we want, we forget what we need. About nine o'clock, my kids start telling me this same thing every single night. You ready? I'm not tired. Any parent out there, by the way, not on a school night. They're always in bed at six o'clock. Any grandparents, parents, your kids like this, holding their eyes open, I'm not tired, I'm not tired. Why? Because they're so focused on what they want, which is maybe another 30 minutes in front of the television or another board game or another store. They're so focused on what they want, they forget what they need. And the crowd are so focused on what they want. Jesus, deliver us. Hosanna, victory is coming. They forgot what they needed. Chantel and I have seen our own lives. One minute, people like this in church. Hosanna, Hosanna. And the next minute, they're crucifying us online. Why? Because their worship, their serving was based on what they need. So the crowd's perspective was this. What's in it for me? Don't you worry, we're coming back to this point. These are coming out again. <laughs> so that is the crowd's perspective. The second group at the gate was the religious people, the Pharisees. Now, just to give you some context to the Pharisees, the religious people, they were Jewish and they were living under Roman occupation, but they had extreme privileges under the Romans, which means they were the ones who actually governed the Jews. So they would be the ones who collected the taxes. They would be the ones who dished out the benefits. They, 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 were, they, they had it pretty good. Okay? They had, they had a good thing going. 
as a religious person. They received housing benefit, they received reduced taxes, they, they, they had a good life under Roman law. Even if it was foreign occupation, they had the good life. And so then Jesus comes riding into town, he's just performed this miracle with Lazarus, and they're getting a little bit concerned because they're threatened by Jesus. Was Jesus about to attempt a political coup? So they are tempted. And Jesus could possibly mess up their good thing, their comfortable life, their privileges. And they say in John 12, 19, he says, the Pharisees said to one another, look, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world is going after him. They're going to mess up my world. The Pharisees in that moment realized they could lose control. And whenever we desire to be in full control, we become unteachable. Say that again. Whenever we desire to be in full control, that doesn't matter. In marriage, in business, in church, we become unteachable because we're the ones who know it all. And the Pharisees, they knew the law. They knew the Torah. They knew the scriptures inside out. And because they wanted to be in control, they actually missed the very Messiah they were waiting for. And Jesus was about to fulfill the law. The law they knew so much about. But they didn't want to lose control. So the crowd's perspective was, what is in it for me? The religious perspective was, I'm in control. Now the third group that we see in this passage is the disciples. And the disciples' perspective, I'm going to call, which is what I'm going to title the message, is not like this. Not like this. The news that Jesus was going to be king of the kings was good news, but guess what? Not like this. The disciples had their own ideas about how you crown a king, and it was not to steal a donkey, put him on a colt, and ride him in. And then put a crown of thorns on his head and crucify him naked in front of his own people. That is not the way you commission a king. I mean, if you, it, you know, this week, by the way, we're going to be opening our social supermarket on Tuesday. And so I want to say a huge thank you to all of our Soul Foundation team. Hopefully you would have seen it as you drove in today. And it's kind of a soft opening on Tuesday, but straight after chapel on Tuesday, we're going to be opening it and praying over it. So I encourage you again, be in chapel on Tuesday. We're going to be praying over the team. It's incredible that we get to serve our city in this way. And uh, so grateful for everyone. But if I told you on Tuesday, the Queen of England, she's not, by the way. If you're watching, you're welcome. <laughs> was going to be coming to open the shop. I am not expecting Queen Elizabeth II to rock up in an old truck. Late. Who would you agree? Yeah. I'd be looking for a Rolls Royce, horse and carriage, something, you know, fitting for the Queen of our nation. Yet Jesus, who's self-proclaimed the King of the Jews, rocks up late on a donkey. And so the disciple not like this. Not like this. Jesus comes along on an old mule and he throws out the playbook. And he says, not like this. But Jesus had already explained to the disciples 
a few months earlier in Matthew chapter 16, exactly what was going to take place. So it says in verse 21, from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples, he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, the teachers, the law, and he must be killed on the third day and be raised to life. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. By the way, never rebuke Jesus. Okay, rebuke the, the cat. Okay, rebuke, you know, but not Jesus. And he said, this shall never happen to you. The disciples understood that Jesus had to establish his kingdom on earth, but their response was not like this. I know what you said a few months ago. I know you said you had to ride in, and I know you said you had to be killed, but we're going to create a different way. And then I look at all three groups, the crowd, the religious people, and the disciples, and here's the problem. I see myself in all three. I see myself in all three groups, sadly. The crowd, I see myself. What's in it for me? God, I'm happy to worship you as long as I get something back. I'm happy to lift up my holy hands as long as you help me at work this week. God, I'm happy to worship you as long as they sing that new Bethel song. Oh, I love that song. I'll worship you, I'll go crazy. Hosanna all day, as long as they sing my old hymn. As long as it's not him leading worship again, I'll worship you, I know too much about that guy. I'm not gonna worship you. Come on, this is our attitude, we're gonna address some stuff here today. I'll worship you based on what I want, God, not what I need. Stick that on Instagram. <laughs> I'm happy to sing Hosanna as long as my, my week went to plan. See, the crowd said, what's in it for me? You know, as Christians, we have that attitude. I'll praise you, God, as long as there's something in it for me. And then there's religious leaders that says, I want to be in control. See, I... God, I would come to church more, but I like to be in control of my life. I like my Sundays. Since COVID, I've realized just how precious time is. And I needed to come to church every two or three weeks because I'm in control. God, don't mess up my nice, comfortable little life with anything else. I'll give five pounds to Ukraine, but God, leave me alone for two weeks. God, I would serve you, but I'll just... I haven't got the time. God, golf is taking over my life, and I'm really good, and I'm nearly at scratch, and so I'm just going to golf for Jesus, and I promise you I'm going to tune into church on the 11th hole. Because I want to be in control. So please, Jesus, I love you, but don't mess up my nice little comfortable life in Norwich. Amen. Then we get onto the disciples. Not like this, God. Not like this. God, I, I want favor and blessing on my life, but not like this. God, I, I want to be close to you, but not like this. God, I don't need those. That was point one. God, I want you to just to pour out your favor on my business. I just want blessing. 
but God, I, I don't want to tithe. I don't, don't want to do this. Not like this, not like this. Pour your blessing out, but I don't, just don't want to tithe. That's Old Testament. That's Old Testament. That's for the old. I'll give when I need to give. Not like this. God, I, I would serve on the worship team, but I'm just too good. They're not, they're not good. They're not where I'm at. They're not at my level. And I just feel like, you know, not like this. God, I really, I really want to love people more, but not him. <laughs> not Colin. Oh, I just, Matt's such a good guy. I love Matt, but oh, so I just want to love people on my terms. Not like this, God. <laughs> I mean, how true is this? God, I so want to be closer to you. God, I want to hear your heartbeat. I don't want to read my Bible. I don't want to pray. I'm so busy. Oh my goodness, you don't know how much work I've got on. I can't pray, I can't stay. Oh God, I long to be closer to you. Not like this. So we want all the benefits of following Jesus, but we don't want any responsibility. I remember probably, I don't know, 20 odd years ago, I said, God, one day I would, if it's cool, I'd love my own church. He said, yeah, that's cool. And he said, now I want you to move to Africa. Would you leave your family, your church? I said, well, what, is there a job? And there's no job. I said, well, how am I going to get paid? Leave that with me. I said, well, I said, well my heart is for you. He said, forget your heart. Do what my heart says. Yeah. So we'd just been married just a few months, and God put us on a plane to Africa with no job, a heart for Norwich, And God said, not, not like you think it is, but if you do it my way, I'll give you everything in your heart. And to develop, to develop some of the God things in your life, some of the dreams in your life, you're going to have to die to not, not like this. But God, I want to worship you. Thousands of people, I see myself standing on platforms and stages all over the world and writing songs and playing my guitar. Because God, I am your gift to the world. Use me, Lord. And God's like, yep, I can definitely see the gift because I gave it you. You know that little old people's home on your road? There's about 50 of them. They'd love to hear your voice on a Saturday afternoon. So if you can head in there and lead them in some worship and pray with them, I'll get to work on some of the bigger stuff. Oh, not for me. I don't like the smell in them places. Not for me. Not for me, Lord. Not for me. This is a th I should go away more. Hey? I'll come back and preach a cracker. Not for me. This is where we live. And we have church full of gifted people, and talented people who are just sitting there. Pockets full of money, time, gift. And God says, I just want to use you. I just want to use you. All right, honest moment. By the way, if you're going to be honest anywhere in Norwich, make it church. Does anyone else see themselves in any of those three groups? Just, or is it just me? Okay, come on. Do you see yourself? Because I see myself. So easy to point a finger at the disciples, point it at the Pharisees, point it at the crowd. But actually, I see myself in all three groups. 
Now, if you're taking notes, write this down. The crowd represented self. Self. The religious leaders represented comfort. And the disciples represented fear. I don't know about you, but I can kind of see the spirit of our age in one story. If God was writing the playbook for 2022, I see the spirit of self, the spirit of comfort, and the spirit of fear all over our world. All right, that was the intro. I've got seven minutes for the meat. All right, when you invite Jesus to show up in your life, there's three things you can expect, three things. I'm going to write you three things if you expect Jesus to show up. Number one is this. If you invite Jesus to come into your life, here's three things. Number one, it's all about his glory, not mine. Verse 18, many people, because they had heard about his performed sign, went out to meet him. The crowd were waving palm trees for their own glory, for their own victory. It was not about God's glory, it was about their glory. We're going to be set free from the Romans. Victory is coming. Imagine there's some Roman soldiers. We're getting set free. We're getting set free. We're going to be victorious. You've ever been to a football match and you've got the away fans and the home fans and they start golden at each other. I won't do any of the words, but they see, you know, there's sort of all sorts of things happening. And it would have been victory. You've had us for 60 years, but there's our mighty deliverer on a donkey. Here's the mandate for my life. This is the mandate for John Norman's life. This is the mandate for your life. Are you ready? I live for his glory. I live for his glory. David put it like this in Psalm 115, verse 1. Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory for the sake of your steadfast love and your faithfulness. Why are we alive? Why did God create us? We live to make Jesus famous. I live to worship him. I live to glorify him. I love that Israel Houghton song, to worship you I live. To worship you I live. I live to worship you. I don't live for my career. I don't live for the golf course. I don't live for anything else. I live to worship him. The reason I live is to bring him glory. And when we begin to dance and when we begin to sing and when we begin to praise and worship, it's not for what he can do, it's for what he has already done. I love we've been singing that song, what he's done, what he's done. We'll sing it in the end. It's because of what he's done, I can trust him with what's ahead. I don't have to come in and say, God, help me this week. God's like, what are you doing? Because I've already done it. Thank me for what he's done. Thank me for what he's done. I've already got in control what's ahead. If he took the weight of the cross, he can handle your Monday morning. (laughs) He can handle the boardroom. He can handle every single thing that's going to be thrown your way this week, and it will come. He did this week. Woo-hoo. You see, our world, because of the rise of social media, we're like the crowd. We live for our own glory. We live for our own glory. Let me just be honest in church. I had the privilege last weekend 
to speak on a significant platform in America. I felt pretty good about myself. So oh, I wish my church could see this moment. It's really cool. Look at me. I've come a long way. And just as I stepped on, I was behind the stage and looked out through the curtain, I could see just thousands of people. I was like, oh my goodness. And then just before I stepped out, they have a big plaque by your head that you have to read. You can't miss it. And this is what it said. This is an altar, not a platform. (laughs) A place to glorify God... Thank you for choosing me. (laughs) Oh my goodness. A sense of perspective. It hit me between the eyes. However good I think I am, it's not about me. Every time I get up to preach, good or bad, you choose. It's not about me. When you're blessed with the new car, it's all for his glory. When you're asked to serve on a team, it's not about you. When you get blessed in your home, in your business, it's not about me. This is an altar. This is not a platform. I don't even want to hear a platform anymore. This is an altar, a place where we get to glorify God. And by the way, thank you for choosing me. Come on, this is, a, I'm telling you, this is going to be a game-changing message. This is going to be a paradigm-shifting message for our church. Because we've got to take our eyes off us. Worship is not for you. It is not for me. It's to bring glory and adoration and worship to his name. None of us are good. You're not good at business. I'm not good at church. We're just there to bring glory to his name. There's only one good person, it's God. He just happened to choose us to be stewards over certain things on earth. Two minutes. It's not about his glory. Sorry, it's all about his glory, not mine. Jet lag. It's four o'clock in the morning. Number two. Second thing is this. I will lose control. You're going to love this one. Don't all jump up and down there. Three years earlier, Jesus invited the disciples to follow him. And Matthew and Andrew were first up, were fishing, and Jesus shows up and he says, Hey, come follow me. I can see you're fishermen and you're not that good at it. So now, I'm going to send you to fish for people. I call that the beautiful disruption. When you truly invite the Lord Jesus into your life, he'll disrupt things beautifully. He will shake you up. Now, here's the thing. You say, well, my life hasn't shaken up. I'll tell you why. Because some people invite him to be Savior and some invite him to be Lord and Savior. There's a big difference. There's a big difference between asking Jesus to be your Savior and being your Lord and Savior. Growing up, we used to see and hear Jesus is Lord everywhere. I mean, there used to be bumper stickers, car stickers. There used to be stickers everywhere that just said, Jesus is Lord. Remember? I saw this one online. Jesus is Lord. You never see that anymore. Have you noticed you never see Jesus is Lord? 
Jesus is Lord is one of the earliest Christian creeds. But we say Jesus is my savior because it's a lot more comfortable. A lot more comfortable. Everyone is happy to have a savior. If people are faced with danger, if people are, I watched a movie on the plane on the way back and it was about a coal face and there was danger and you know, Jesus save me. Naturally, even atheists, Jesus save me. It just comes out of your mouth because everybody needs a savior. Jesus is savior, it emphasizes that my sins are forgiven. Jesus is Lord, says I am no longer king of my own domain. He is. Now this is a shift. Because I feel like, and I'm going to be really honest, and there's been times in my life, I'm quite comfortable with Jesus as savior. Quite comfortable. I'll come to church when I've got a problem. <laughs> I'll come to church when it's Christmas, and I'll come to church when it's Easter. But, ah, sun's out. You see, Jesus is my savior impacts me. Jesus is Lord impacts me and everyone around me. Jesus is Lord demands our everything. Jesus is savior doesn't. The first focuses on a lifetime, the second focuses on a one-time decision. And by the way, I am absolutely 100% guaranteed you need a savior. And at the end of this service, I'm going to give everyone an opportunity to find Jesus as a savior, but I'm also going to do a second altar call today for someone who said, oh, he's been my savior, but he's not my Lord. I've got a thing on a whole lot of people need to respond to Jesus. You are my Lord. David said, he didn't say the Lord is my savior in Psalm 23, he said the Lord is my shepherd. So he didn't say the savior is my shepherd, he said the Lord is my shepherd. We talked about it in 2019, we did a whole series on it, but there are 17 benefits for choosing the Lord to be a shepherd. 17 benefits, you can read them through. But there's one condition, and the condition is, it's all on his terms, but always for your benefit. You see, Jesus wants to be your Lord because he wants you to enjoy the benefits of lordship. See, people are quite happy just to stick with Christ as my savior. People just show up to church when life's falling apart, when they've got some good news to tell everyone. But I'm challenging us this Easter. At the start, we've got four messages this Easter, and this is number one, is this. Is he really Lord? Is he really Lord? If our dinner tables have looked the same for the last 12 months, same people, same faces, same group of friends, we're not bringing people to Christ, we need a beautiful disruption. We need a beautiful disruption in our church. If our finances, our time, our lives haven't been inconvenienced for a while, is he really Lord? Is he really Lord? I'm happy to put some money in the offering, but God, I'm not going to tithe. I'm just not going to do that. You're my saviour. Thank you, Jesus. But you see, when he's your Lord, he demands you everything. He demands you everything. And when we live for his glory, not our own, and when we make him Lord, he's not Savior. Here's the good news. You ready? It's not so much good news, but it's good news. It won't always make sense. Number three. 
It won't, the third thing will happen is it won't make sense. The disciples' perspective was not like this. John 12, 16, at first his disciples did not understand all this. You know, there's going to be a whole season of our life where we're going to go through things and we're going to have the same response as the disciples and the response is this, not like this, Jesus. Losing our dear friend Warren Beamer last, last Saturday, I just wept in my hotel room. I said, God, not like this. I know I understand that we all have to pass one day into eternity, but not like this. Did anyone else have that response? Not like this. Is anyone else going through something right now and like the disciples? You're like, I don't understand all this. They prayed at his vigil on Saturday evening and people wept around us. I remembered that God was still sovereign. And Jesus is still Lord. Take your notes. I want you to write this down. It's, it's critical to understanding our faith that life is not always about understanding, it's about trusting. There will be certain things that you will not understand this side of eternity. And you can spend your whole life trying to search for answers which you will never find. And certain things will not make any sense. If you were in the crowd that day and you watched Jesus being crucified, it made no sense. No sense. It wasn't till he was resurrected and ascended into heaven that we now see the victory in the mess. We see the mess in the message. And there'll be certain things you'll go, I just don't get this. And I do not understand God, but I still trust you because you... You are my Savior, Father, but you're something else. You're my Lord. So, Lord, I trust you. Your ways, your thoughts are not my thoughts or my ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours and my thoughts than your thoughts. You see, Palm Sunday is a simple reminder. It's all about his glory, not mine. I've got to let go. I've got to relinquish control again. Jesus, you are my Lord. And life won't always make sense. What about you? The last two years make no sense. <laughs> yeah? I'm like, God, hello? The last 10 days don't make any sense, let alone the last two years. This is where we go. This is, tell you what, this is where the rubber meets the road for your faith. This is where we've got to look through the frame of faith, not fear. God, I still trust you. Even though there's chaos in our world, chaos around us, God, I still trust you. I want us to stand. I've written us a prayer for today. We're going to put it out on socials so you can pray it this week over your family and your friends and those around you. Before we do that, we're going we're gonna to sing this song, What He's Done. And I want to sing, us to sing this song now with a different perspective. With a perspective, God, I'm not worshipping you for what you can do for me. I'm worshipping you on the basis of what you've done. I'm worshipping you on the basis that you are Lord. I'm worshipping you on the basis that you're in control of my life. I'm worshipping you on the basis of life does make no sense right now, but I still trust you. 
That's why I worship you. I live to bring glory and honor and praise to you. I'm not going to worship you when I feel like it. I'm going to worship you whatever I feel. I'm not going to worship you when life is good. I'm going to worship you in the valley. I'm going to worship you on the mountain. I'm going to worship you when my bank account is empty. I'm going to worship you when my bank account is full. I'm just going to make a decision. I will be a worshiper. I will be a worshiper. Come on. Let's declare this out. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. Now on the throne of majesty. going to worship you on a basis if you do this for me I'll do that for you this is not a transaction Father God this is your love towards us on this Palm Sunday we're sorry for allowing us to get in the way we see ourselves in the crowd and in the disciples and in the Pharisees Father Father, we know, Lord, it's not about our glory. It's about your glory. We might feel successful, Father, but we're not really. Because it's all for your glory. Forgive us, Lord, when we've made the platform about us and not you. Forgive us when we've made our positions in life, society, in the boardroom about us and not you. Lord, it's all for your glory. Father, there will be times when we're going to need to lose control. And so we relinquish control again to you. We relinquish control. And we say that you are Lord. You are Lord. You are Lord. And we trust you. Father, we know that it won't always make sense. In fact, right now, there's not a lot that does. But we trust. And we put our hope in you. Let me pray this prayer. If God has spoken to you in an area of your life today, maybe in all three areas, but if God has clearly spoken to you, but I want you just to slip up your hand right now. I want to pray this prayer over you. Come on, there's many hands. There's no shame in it. My hand's up. I'm in all three. Okay. I got slapped by the Holy Spirit last week. Lord Jesus, today, even in the chaos of our broken and self-centered world, I choose to live for your glory and not my own. I relinquish control of my life and choose you to be my Lord and my Savior. I know life won't always make sense, but I frame my perspective today through the lens of faith, not fear. My life is yours. Come on, say that. My life is yours. My life is not a little bit, not a bit here and a bit there, the odd Sunday here, the odd Sunday. My life is yours. I dedicate, I rededicate my life again to my Lord and my Saviour in Jesus' name. Because of what you've done for me, I will worship you and I will give you praise. Hallelujah. I praise God. One more time. For what He's done. Come on, 20 more seconds. Come on, let's praise Him. Not because we want Him to do something, but because of what He's done. Hallelujah! Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Come on, clap your hands while you people shout unto God with a voice of victory. Hallelujah! Come on, ten more 
Jesus that made a triumphant entry into Jerusalem is the same Jesus which wants to make an entrance into your heart today. And he loves you, my friend. Maybe you're watching online. Maybe you're in the room. Maybe a friend brought you here. Maybe you've been coming for a while and wow, you're saying, I can, I can feel the glory of God. You know what the glory is? It's his presence living inside of you. Today, you can, here's the good news. You can make Jesus your savior. But he won't stop at being your savior. He wants to be a Lord as well. If you're saying today, I need a savior. My life's a wreck. I've been trying to do this thing my own way and I keep messing it up. I keep falling back into my old habits. I keep falling back into my old relationships. I'm just trying trying to get through. You can't. You weren't designed to do life by yourself. That's why God sent Jesus to this earth to die for you. We remember him in this holy week. It wouldn't be a greater privilege I'd have today than to lead you to Jesus. And the good news is none of us are good enough. You don't have to work your way up to get to God because God sent Jesus down to us. He wants to meet you right in your seat. The third row, the fifth row, the back row, the left side, the right side. He wants to meet you exactly where you're at. But you've got to make a decision to respond to his love. It's an invitation. You have to invite him in. He'll come into your heart. Online, I'm talking to you too. God loves you, my friend. Listening on the podcast, God loves you too. If you say that to me today, I'll invite Jesus to be my savior. I need a savior. All over this room, from front to back, left to right, when I get to three, I want you to slip up your hand long enough and high enough so I can see it. One, two, three. Just slip up nice and high. God bless you. 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 Beautiful. Anyone else? God bless you right at the back. Online as well. I know that there's people responding to Jesus. Maybe just write something in the chat. I have decided. Amazing. All right, we're going to do something. We're going to say a prayer. It's going to come up on the screen. We're going to say this prayer together. And by the way, if you didn't lift up your hand, it does not matter. Okay, this is about what's going on in your heart. All right, so we're going to say this prayer together. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. To forgive all my sin and failures so that I can have a brand new start. Please come into my life and help me by the power of the Holy Spirit to trust and live for you. Amen. Would you put your hands together for everyone who's made that decision today? So good. Hands going up all over, all over the room. I'm believing we're going to have record salvations this week, in this holy week. I'm declaring record salvations in our church as people come back to Jesus, people discover Jesus. And you guys, the first ones in the next week. And so we've got a gift for you to celebrate this moment. It's a Bible. It's a gift from our church to you. And uh, our team are going to be out in the foyers. And um, they'd love to just grab your details, not to harass you, stay in touch with you, give you some details about ways to stay connected. In fact, we have a connect area. It'll say connect lounge. Head into the connect lounge and tea, coffee. We'd love just to stay in touch. So please, if you lifted up your hand, don't just dart home without saying anything. Speak to one of the team. And uh, we're running something called Soul Path in a few, in a few weeks. And it's on a 5 p.m. service. You come out to Soul Path. And uh, if you're new to church, you've just made a decision to follow Christ, come to Soul Path. And uh, Chantel and I are going to be there telling you ways to stay connected, get into a small group, part of the community. We would love to see you at Soul Path um, in, in, a few, in a few weeks' time. So. 
please. Come on, one more time. Let's thank everyone who made that decision today. All right. I've kind of done this already, but I feel the Holy Spirit prompting me to do it again. If you're saying today, he's been my savior, but I'll be really honest, I'm not sure he's been my Lord. I want us to respond in this moment. If you're saying today, I, I want to declare Jesus as my Lord, I want you just to lift up your hand. Come on, all over this room, my hand's up. So easy just to fall in the trap of, I need a savior. But actually, I want to, I actually want to relinquish control of my life to him because let me tell you, he, is, he does a far better job with my life than I can do with my life. So Father, right now, there are hundreds of hands in Norwich, England. We say sorry, Father, for pushing you out and making you a part of our lives when actually you want to be over our lives. And so today, we call you Lord. Even in our prayers, we're going to address you with your full name. Lord Jesus. We're not going to give you half your name. It's Lord Jesus because you are our Lord and you are our Savior. And so, Father, I pray this week we will look at our lifestyles. We'll look at our comfort zones. We will look at our giving. We will look at all the things where maybe you're just a Savior. And, Father, we will put you in full, in the full control. You are the pilot of our lives. We take a back seat and we trust you in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you know what? It's a lot easier on a plane being in the back seat than in control. Got a pilot here on the second row. Is that right, Richard? I wouldn't want to be a pilot. Who would want to be a pilot on a plane? I wouldn't. I'm like, oh my goodness. But I don't want to be the pilot of my life. I want to be in the back seat. I want to let Jesus do the work. I want to let him direct my life. He's given me the navigation system. He's given me a map to follow, so I'm equipped for the journey. And uh, so he's Lord. He's in, the, uh, he's in the autopilot seat. I'm just along for the ride. And you lot are coming too, eh? Yeah. Where are we going? Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Thanks again for tuning in. And if you said the salvation prayer today, we'd love for you to email connecttofaith at soulchurch.com so we can talk to you a little bit more about this incredible decision that you've just made. Yeah, you know, and if at any point in the service you felt moved to give towards any of our local or global initiatives, then head to soulchurch.com and click on the giving at the top of the page. Thanks again for joining us today, and we hope to see you again soon. God bless.